Hey, Mike, I need to tell you something. I quit my job. So obviously I knew this. This isn't a surprise to me. Um, you know, I, I can act surprised if you would like, like, uh, like that or something. But you did tell me about this in advance. Um, it would have, for comedic value, it might have been kind of funny if you hadn't told me until now. But I would have been so horrifically unprepared. I think ultimately I would have just been annoyed at you as opposed to happy voice. <laughs> so You would have been so bad. You quit your job a couple of days ago. And we're going to get into the specifics of how that looked. But I want to kind of talk about what led you to making this decision. Because we have been talking about this for literally six months now. <laughs> All right? And it's not, yeah. a, I'm not trying to make a joke, like, but it's yeah, putting yeah, yeah. it into perspective. Like, we have spent six months doing this because I remember me and Marco had a conversation about you on january 1st and then i think the subsequent episodes of analog and atp featured the pincer movement of us trying to get you to like to, <laughs> to convince you why you should quit and we've gone through this whole thing this whole discussion over many 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 months and there's always been some kind of stumbling block Almost to the point where I think I had resigned myself to thinking that you were not going to do this because, mm -hmm. you know, everything seemed like it had fallen into place, like that you had everything you needed from a, like, an, like a, a, a reasons perspective, right? You kind of felt like you knew everything. So I'm really intrigued to understand what has changed recently to make you do this. Sure. It was a combination of a few different things all at once. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that happened was I decided I was not going to quit my job. It just was financially not prudent. It's the first part along the path of quitting your job is deciding you will not quit your job. That is, that is correct. Okay. And I say that obviously slightly for comedic effect, but it's also true. I had decided unequivocally I'm not going to quit. I, when was I, this? When did you make that decision, do you think? Uh, I would say roundabouts the time that I was going back to work, you know, so this was, okay. what was that? March ish, give or take yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I decided, you know, we need the healthcare. We need the salary. I'm, I'm just not, well, we don't need the salary, but we need the salary. Yeah. I think this is when I had resigned myself to the belief that you were not going to do it because it was, if you could bring yourself to go back after that time off, it feels pretty much like you'd made your decision at that point. Right. So I decided. And then after that, I went through more and more, and I'm still going through more and more and more issues with my insurance at work, my health insurance at work. Mm -hmm. And the specifics are not really germane to this conversation, but suffice to say, a lot of things related to and, and surrounding Michaela's birth should arguably have been covered and aren't being covered or should have been covered more and aren't being covered as much as they should be. And everything has been a fight to get anything covered and paid for and et cetera. And so it got to the point that it occurred to me, you know, my insurance that I have today is kind of garbage. And granted, whatever insurance I would have if I was independent will also be garbage and will be more expensive. But if I'm trading garbage for garbage, like why am I continuing to work and be away from the family At all the time? have your own garbage. Right, exactly. Rather than somebody like, else's garbage. Yeah, exactly right. And 
And so I was starting to get deeply, deeply frustrated about insurance. And then I started looking at, okay, what are the actual costs between the two, between going independent and paying for you know my portion of the insurance through work? And it turns out that it is considerably more expensive to pay for my own insurance, but not as considerably expensive as I thought. Right, because we'd had a conversation about the fact that you wanted to do this, but our conversation was left with me saying to you, go and find out the actual values, and you said you would, and weeks went by and you never did it, so I stopped bugging you. Yeah, and that was slightly procrastinatory on my part, slightly scared, me being scared, Mm -hmm. and slightly me just not having time because things have been busy lately. Um, so I eventually did compute the difference and realized, okay, this difference isn't as big as I thought. And that was the first big step. I think that was, that was my shoelace was realizing that my insurance is garbage and it is not astronomically more expensive to pay for my own garbage. So that was when the shoelace broke, I think. And when everything really got set in motion. So the next big hurdle was, can I do this? whether or not I want to. So then the, the number spreadsheet that I'd sort of started piddling with when Michaela, when I was home with Michaela and, and family, that came out again and got a lot more serious. And then I started looking into things like life insurance, like disability insurance, and some of the other unknowns that I would have to worry about. I asked my uh, tax accountant hey, what am I really looking at in terms of a tax burden if I go on my own because there are implications there? And I started getting concrete answers to all these questions that I had vague ideas of what the answers were, but they were very nebulous and they were very vague. And so I'm starting to build this number spreadsheet where these are real numbers in here. You know, this is real. And I'm trying to compute, can we survive on side hustle income only? And around the time, I would say it was around the beginning of this month, that's when I started realizing, okay, there's a couple of unknowns still left, but I have enough wiggle room right now, and these unknowns should be small, so this looks like it's going to work. Does that make sense? You know, there were still a couple things I hadn't figured out the price of, but I was still pretty comfortably in the not going to be homeless <laughs> camp. Mm-hmm. So so I figured, okay, this this, this sounds like, from a strictly numerical financial perspective, it is possible. Changes would have to be made for sure, but it is possible. And from the looks of it, I wouldn't have to make dramatic lifestyle changes in order to make it work. You know, we we tend to go out to eat a fair bit on the weekends. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, quick and easy restaurants, like something along the lines of a McDonald's or Panera Bread. I'm not talking about going to, you know, sit down, wait staff, fancy restaurants. But, you know, oftentimes we'll just grab a quick bite with the kids uh, on the weekends just because we like doing that. And maybe one of the things we need to do in the future is not do that so much, you know, and actually eat at home on the weekends. And really, are weekends even a thing when you're independent? I don't know. Ask Mike. But (laughs) but you get the idea I'm driving at. So there will be lifestyle changes. but, But the point I'm trying to make is this number spreadsheet said... Even if there are lifestyle changes, they won't have to be dramatic. It's not like I have to immediately cut the cord or I'm never going to be able to survive. It's not like I have to immediately sell one of my cars in order to survive. You know, it, it seems like on roughly the same lifestyle we're already living, we can make it work. So then beginning of May, I go to some guy's stag do, uh, bachelor party, whatever you want to call it, knowing that 
it seems as though from a purely fiscal perspective perspective, we could do it. But that hasn't answered, should we do it? So I go to Texas and I hang with you and all of our cronies. And I did get a little bit of lip about going independent, but not really that much in the grand scheme of things. As you had said earlier, it seemed like you and Marco both. Yeah, (laughs) everyone had given up at this point. Everyone had said, no, it's it's never going to happen. And, you know, I got a little bit of lip from you guys. I got a little bit of lip in in a happy way. I say that as though it's a bad thing, but it's a happy thing. We make fun Uh, of you a little bit, bit. right? Like we're making fun of you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like Tom Gerhardt of Studio Neat gave me a little bit of grief about it. Uh, Dan Provost a little bit less, but still a little bit. And, you know, all these people are giving me a little bit of grief, but in a happy, friendly, loving way. Mm -hmm. And as I was in Texas, I got to thinking about all the things that Aaron and you and Marco have been telling me for six months. And I don't know what it was about being in Texas, but the best answer I can come up with is I was removed from life. And I was able to just see everything from a distance. And I wasn't worried about going back to work tomorrow and all the things that need to get done at work because I wasn't going to work for several days. I was on vacation. And yeah, on this on the surface, it was it was frustrating. I think that's not the word I would like, but I can't think of a better one. It was frustrating to see you guys you know, with your fake jobs who never have to worry about time off because you have all the time off in the world. Right, Mike? That's how it works. Uh, you have all the time off in the world and you can do whatever you want whenever you want. And that certainly made me jealous. But uh, it actually yeah. wasn't what changed my well, perspective. Because I remember we had a conversation to, to this ilk where you were making these kind of jokey references. And then everyone like me, Stephen, Marco and Jason all explain to you the amount of work we had to do to make the trip work, right? Where it's like, yes, we have more freedom, and now you will have more freedom in which you can make a trip like that, but you don't have the freedom of, hey, boss, I'm taking a vacation. Like, that goes away. Sure, sure. So you get way more freedom in that it's way easier for you to pack your bag and go somewhere or take advantage of a time to go and do a thing but the work still needs to be done. You just change the way that you do it. So, like, for example, we are recording this episode in advance, right, of, of us taking trips or whatever because we're both going to be away and et cetera, et cetera. Like we're releasing this kind of the day that at least I'm getting ready to travel out to, to San Jose. This is obviously, in case you hadn't guessed, we released this episode earlier than as originally scheduled, right? Um, we, we're kind of breaking our schedule a little bit so we can bring you this special presentation. Um, but th- <laughs> these are the types of things that you you will have to consider. Like so, But this is nothing that you're not already used to doing to some extent because you have this of ATP sure. already, right? Where like you have to move around people's schedules. But it just requires something that you become good at over time, which is just pre-planning. It's not, it's not tricky, but it's it is a misnomer to believe that like you can just do whatever you want whenever you want absolutely i think that scheduling it's not tricky but it's tricky you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's not conceptually difficult but there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces that you kind of got to all line Mm -hmm. up but as i'm in as i'm in austin as i'm in texas and i'm talking to all you guys and i am i am seeing you know what looks like the promised land and i'm seeing that the grass is greener but that being said it, it really or at least sitting here now i don't feel like this was a jealousy driven decision as much as it may seem that way it really was me being removed from family life and me being removed from work life and me being able to just sit there and think about. You got to see some of the realities of it. 
Mm-hmm. That you know, that was what you got. You got the realities of what your life could look like. Yeah, yeah. And and beyond that, I just got to be able to separate myself from everything and take a look from a broader perspective. You know, kind of remove mm-hmm. myself from the in and outs of in day to day and just look at, okay, let's try to take this not quantitatively, but take a less emotional look at things and just think about, okay, what are the pros and cons? What am I giving up if I give up, you know, my my regular job? What am I gaining? And what what's the right answer? And what ended up happening was a lot of things that you and 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 especially Aaron and Marco had said started to pop back into my mind. Like I feel like the three of you, most particularly Aaron, but all three of you kind of incepted me. And so I got to thinking, you know, if I left my job and I do it respectfully, which is what I've done with every other job I've had. If I do it respectfully, there's no reason I couldn't come back. And there's actually someone, there's a, well, there's been a few boomerangs as, as we call them. I don't think that's a unique term to my company, but there's been a few boomerangs. And one of which was fairly recently, uh, this individual went to another big company here in town, was there for something like six months and then came right back. And if that individual could do it, I mean, I could, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be gone six months and just come right back, but I could. So I got to thinking, if I leave, if I leave work respectfully in, 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 in the right way, I should be able to go back. And even if I couldn't go back to my current job, there, there exist other jobs in the world for people who write iOS apps. <laughs> that is not unique to this one particular employer. There are not that many here in town that do that. There's only a handful. But there are others. And beyond that, it's not like I couldn't be a remote worker. You know, I could explore something along the lines of a Martian craft or something like that where their entire company is remote. So, okay, I could always get another job. If things really took a turn, I could get another job. Additionally, I would really, really, really love to be there more for the family. And obviously, Erin has gotten herself into, into a genuinely great rhythm. I mean, there are hard days and there are easy days, but she's got a great rhythm going. It's not that she needs me, but how much better would her life be and the kids' lives be if I was home more? Mm-hmm. On top of that, the clock is ticking. And the reason I say that is, A, I don't know how long the you know podcasting train is going to last. I sure hope, and you even more than me hope, that you know advertisers don't just spontaneously disappear tomorrow, but it could. You know, they mm-hmm. could. You never know. Yep. And beyond that, well, that could more be a importantly, change. that could be a big business change. Sure. Yeah. But more importantly, the clock is also ticking for, for both the kids, especially Declan, because Declan is currently three and a half. And in about three years, two or three years, uh, he's going to end up in kindergarten. And here in Virginia, where we are, kindergarten is all day kindergarten. Now, granted, that's, you know, something like six or eight hours or whatever. So it's not, you know, it's not like a sleepaway kindergarten or anything. But my point is, he'll be gone most of the day. So if I'm going to spend his early formative years with him, I need to do that now. I needed to do that a year ago. And so my hope, and we'll probably come back around to this later, but my hope is I would really love to be able to make this work at least until Declan is in kindergarten. I would prefer until Michaela's in kindergarten, but at the very least until Declan's in kindergarten, because at that point, Michaela will be approximately as old as he is now. And he will have had at this point two or three years of me being at home with with the family, which I think would be really, really, really critical and important. So if I'm going to do it, I need to pull the trigger. 
And the other thing that occurred to me, and there was actually a really, really great conversation about this on the, toward the beginning of the most recent um, free agents, and it was Merlin talking with uh, Jason and and David. And Merlin was talking about kind of his transition into being a free agent. And I'm going to poorly paraphrase him, but what he was kind of sort of saying was, how could how could I make money off podcasts? Like, that's that's not a real job. That's fake. That's not a thing. And this is relevant because as I was in Texas, it occurred to me, and I think all three of you guys particularly had said this to me in the past, but it just reoccurred to me that if this... If the money I earned from from this show, from ATP, from some of the other extracurriculars I do, if that was for the sake of conversation, fast text, which again, obviously it's a terrible analogy, but just bear with me here. Let's say fast text was making all that money instead of a podcast with my friends. Mm-hmm. I would have done this two years ago because of, because mm-hmm. of an app. That's a real job. Podcasting. That's not a real job. An app is a real job. But if you think about it numerically and leave the, the the source of the income out of the out of the picture, it's the same. Like it's still money. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't matter the mechanism by which the money arrives at our doorstep. The the thing that should matter is I take it seriously. I work hard at it, and that it's consistent enough to be able to rely on it. And when I framed the internal conversation in that light, and this was actually also heavily influenced by Underscore too. When I framed the conversation in that light in my head, it started to become clearer that right. I think I was telling myself I can't do this because podcasting isn't a real job. And I am aware that I'm saying that to the co-founder of a podcasting network upon which this very podcast is being broadcast. But I, I don't mean offense by that, and I don't, and I hope and don't think you're taking offense by that, but it's just the way I've always thought of it is mm-hmm. that like, oh, podcasting, that's fake. That's not real. That can't be real. But you know what? The numbers say... It's real. Well, it is for you, right? You, you have and have had a very successful show for a long period of time um, that makes more money than maybe any other side project that you could come up with, right? Sure. You know, and and again, like analog is a source of income for you. You couldn't quit your money on uh, quit your job on the money that you make from this show, but it's not nothing, right? Like this, sure, this show earns. earns handsomely but like it's not this isn't quit money but when you put all of it together yes you are very much in that in that pocket and and it comes right. from having a, an incredibly successful excellent show right that you have worked hard to help make good over time right so the money is deserved to you and you're earning it and you have been earning it consistently for many years now so it is more stable than basically anything else you've got going on in your life, in my opinion. <laughs> including my regular job. That's what I'm talking about. It's including your regular job. It's something that's in high demand, um, for like your, the inventory for your ads, and they keep performing well, and everyone's happy. The biz- And you're in an industry that's booming. So you're probably in a better position with ATP than you would be with your job, which is something I've been trying to explain to you for a long time, but I understand <laughs> why uh, that's kind of a little bit wild, right? Like, I yeah. understand. I understand because it's been... It's a lot to think about because it is a new industry. It's an entertainment-based industry. It's something that is is... It feels like sometimes can be a little bit like sand flowing through your fingers because you, and because it's also yours, you know, it, it, your situation may be 
different if like ATP was owned by a company and you yeah, get paid yeah, for yeah. it. You might feel better about it, right? Like you may have felt more comfortable about it if someone was mm-hmm. writing you a check that that wasn't related to the show. Who knows? But because then it may have been more like a job. Um, but I understand yeah. why you got there. I understand why it was hard for you. I can see how you've gotten there, and obviously, I am incredibly thrilled that you have. Um, but I want to hear about how you did it. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a break because we really, boy, do we need to pay those bills. Right now. <laughs> now more than ever. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Away. Away makes smart premium suitcases so your luggage doesn't cost more than your plane ticket. Well, if you're anything like me when you travel, having more battery is just, it's a wonderful thing. Battery power is a precious resource in our lives. And being able to to travel with a suitcase that has a battery built into it, that's kind of like a perfect situation. And that is what you get with Away's carry-ons. You get a wonderful battery that's built right in uh, that you can, can very easily remove to take on the plane with you if you want to. So you can still charge when you're on the plane if you check your bag or if you're using it as carry-on. It's right there whenever you need it. Maybe you can pop it out, put your bag in the overhead or under the seat in front of you or whatever, and you can still charge your phone while you go. It's awesome. There's USB ports built right in so you can charge your phone up to five times even go to awaytravel.com slash analog right now you can browse their suitcases featuring premium german polycarbonate which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance whilst remaining lightweight you can choose from over 10 colors of five sizes of case they have their two carry-ons they have a kids carry-on and a medium size and a large size so you can have a whole suite of stuff and even if you buy a bunch you'll get discounts on a little bit so if you buy like a whole set of cases you'll get discounts on them and then you can get all matching colors and you could be that fancy person in the airport with your two cases and they match. Wouldn't that be nice? Away suitcases all feature a patent-pending compression system, which is great if you're an overpacker, and four 360-degree spinner wheels. The carry-ons are compliant with all major U.S. airlines whilst maximizing the amount that you can pack, and they have TSA combination locks built in and a removable washable laundry bag too. Now, Casey, you've been bugging me in the Skype chat because you want to, t- you want to talk about Away, I think. Yeah, I do. So... When I was in Austin, I was trying to um, cinch down the compression pad thing in order to kind of squish the contents of my away suitcase. And because of my unbelievable strength, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, accidentally uh, dislodged one of the mounts from the inside of the case, which was a which was a bummer. And so I sent them an email and said, "Hey, you know, what can I do to get this fixed?" I said, "Okay, we'll send you a a." prepaid like a dress label or a, a UPS label. So just drop it off at a UPS store and we'll fix it up and get it right back to you. Well, it ends up that they weren't satisfied with how they were able to fix it. They didn't feel like they could fix it to the, to the ability they wanted to. So fast forward a week and a half or something like that. And they sent me a brand new suitcase, just like the one oh, I had, Wow, which is, which is magical. And even better the particular failure point of my old suitcase has now clearly been revised and there is now a screw at this little mount uh, for the compression pad where there used to be just like a, I don't don't know what it is, but basically like glue. So they've strengthened the issue that I had had previously. So it's a win-win and I was really excited to see that. It was no argument. And to be fair, I mean, this, this, this suitcase was comped. Like they, they sent this to me as part of the sponsorship way back when. And so I, I wouldn't have faulted them if they were like, dude, you already got a free suitcase. Get off it. You know, like mm-hmm. leave us alone. But not at all. They, they said, you know, oh, no, we see where the order was made. We'll have you, you know, fixed up lickety split. And it was really great. So 
uh, I am really, really appreciative appreciative of that, and I'm really digging the new battery setup, like you were discussing, where you can just pop, pop the one. battery. Cool. Yep, where you can just pop the battery right back out, which is great. And uh, another thing that I should mention, this is the ad that will not end, is if you got a suitcase prior to the pop-out battery thing, they will for free send you an entire new, like... Um, what the handle it's new, mechanism like it's, like a, it's a new handle mechanism and like yeah a, yeah because yeah. we have one sitting in our house here because they sent one to adina for her to change out hers and this is just a thing that they do now which is very good they want to make sure that they have this new system and it's it's way cooler so they want to make sure that all their customers get it that's how good away is and like this is an for example free. For, for free, free. yeah they'll send it to you for free and or you can send your case to them and they'll do it for you you can choose um, this is an example. Both of these things are an example of a way of a way they feel about the quality of their products. They offer a lifetime guarantee in their stuff, and that's what KC took advantage of. If anything breaks, yep. they will fix or replace it for life, no questions asked. They also have a 100-day trial. Um, they have a no-questions-asked return policy with free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the U.S. Travel smarter with a suitcase that charges your phone. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog and use the code analog at checkout. You'll get $20 off your suitcase and help support this show. That's awaytravel.com slash analog and the code analog for $20 off. Our thanks to Away for their support of Analog and Relay FM. So, how did you... When did you quit? When did you quit? So, we, we are recording this during the day on Thursday, the 31st of May. I gave the news to my immediate boss on Tuesday afternoon, the 29th of May. Why did you choose that day? So there's, there's a fair bit of math involved in this in, a figure, in both figurative and literal sense, actually. So what I wanted to do, and I was alluding to this earlier, I wanted to kind of do right by my current company and show them that I'm not trying to screw them and show them that, look, I am leaving. I, I, I want to be done, but I want to do it in a way that's as gentle for all parties as I possibly can. So I have a, um, a thing going on in this in early july uh aaron and i are going on a trip and so i wanted to be done before that trip and that meant i needed to be done basically the first you know week or so of july and then i'm out all next week for wwdc so if you combine those two things and and you and and i tell you that i wanted to leave about a month of working time Despite all those things, that leads me to this past Tuesday, not Monday, because everyone was off Monday for Memorial Day here in the United States, but Tuesday was as soon as I possibly could. And then this, so to recap, that gives work a month of my time, which is double what our employee agreement, you know, states, you know, and it's common in the U.S. to give two weeks notice. That's not unusual, but sometimes some employers will demand more. Ours just says two weeks, but I'm trying as a show of good faith to say, look, I'll give you a whole month to try to do right by everyone and and ensure that I have given you as much transition time as possible to get the rest of the team ramped up on the things that maybe only I know. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and how how long is your notice period? How do we mean by that? Like, when do you leave? So my, my last day will be the 2nd of July. Okay. Okay. So, how so then at this point, so it's basically, it's five weeks, but you have to consider WWDC. Which so is one, it's so it's effective. four weeks, effectively. Right, so it's, it's the, the last week of May, 
Wait, and the three weeks in day is a, is a Monday? Yeah. Well, because I had this trip anyway. Well, so two reasons. A, I had the trip anyway. And B, in America, if you work at all in a month with pretty much every employer, you will get insurance for the month. So because my last day is on July 2nd, I will I will be covered with work insurance until July 31st or whatever the last day of July is. Yeah. So that's the other part of the reason I wanted to do it. So if I show up for a few hours on Monday the 2nd, I have insurance through the 31st of July. Whereas if I didn't do that, I would be uninsured you know, until I get my own stuff set up on the 29th of June. So I get a whole month of insurance for one day of work. Okay. That's fine then. I understand now. It just seems so weird to me, right? You yeah, have a weekend, yeah, yeah. you go in on Monday and leave at like two o'clock in the afternoon probably, right? Because <laughs> there isn't right. anything to do really. Right, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so it's the last week, uh, the, the, the week that we're currently in in May as, as we record, the, the Dub Dub week doesn't count, three weeks in June. So that's a total of one in May, three in June. That's four weeks and a little holdover in July. Okay. Um, how did it go like what was it like to hand it in how was it received what was for as much as you want to say like Mm -hmm. what was the meeting like like who did you give it to did you like roll it into a ball and throw it at someone's head and then bolt out the door (laughs) that's exactly what happened how did you know um no what i had done was uh monday afternoon or evening i scheduled a one-on-one with my immediate boss Mm -hmm. which was fairly out of character and i think thought about not even scheduling the meeting and just kind of springing it on him but that seemed unreasonable to me and unnecessary so monday afternoon or evening i forget exactly what time it was i scheduled this one-on-one now we use google apps at work and i scheduled the one-on-one for whatever the default duration was in google apps which is an hour so one-on-ones between me and my manager are not unusual, but they're usually half an hour. So I schedule out of the blue a one-on-one for the moment we get back to work after a holiday weekend for an hour. The hour part was accidental, but everything else was deliberate. Mm-hmm. And so that night as I'm in bed, I get frantic Slack messages from my boss oh, saying, no. I just got your meeting request. Should I be nervous? Oh, I feel like I should be nervous oh, <laughs> or God. something along those lines, which was not meant in a bad, like he, he wasn't being a jerk about it. He wasn't trying to be, no, a, you know, he's mean not, or he's freaking out because he knows you're going right. to quit on him the next day. Right. So the following day in the morning, I actually needed to go to a satellite office in downtown Richmond. I work in one of the suburbs, generally speaking. We oh, have a small so office downtown. Your boss. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And so I, I didn't and to go back a half step. I never, I never replied to a Slack message because there was no good that came of it. I'm not going to lie to him and be like, oh, yeah, 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 everything's cool. And you can't you know, tell him. It's not. And I can't tell him because that's bogus. So I just let it go, which is also unlike me. Yeah. At, at this point, he pretty much knows what's about to happen. But anyway, so I couldn't do it in the morning because I had to be downtown for a couple hours for a meeting. So I scheduled it for one in the afternoon, which was not my preference. Like I would have done it bright and early if I could have. Yeah, but like, you know, ASAP. it is what it is. Right. But uh, we meet and I also scheduled it for a meeting room kind of across the office, which is unusual because we have a meeting room very near our desks that we typically use for these sorts of things, even one on ones. But I scheduled it for across the office because I wanted to make sure it would be private and away from everyone, which is also unusual. So in any case, we go in at one o'clock and, um, you know, we made a little bit of chit chat, which is not unusual. And then I said, um, all right, here's the thing. I'm resigning. And you know, his shoulders kind of sank and, and he said, okay, I kind of thought that might be what it was. 
and I explained, you know, here's what, here's what I'm thinking. You know, I, I'd really want to be there for the family. Um, you know, I really want to try this and see how it works. Um, you know, if it ends up not working and I mean this, I meant it when I said it to him, I mean this when I say it now, if it ends up not working, like the first person I'm going to call is you, my, my current boss, because I think if it doesn't work, I'm going to try to go back to this job. I don't dislike this job. It's just, it's preventing me from doing the things I actively do want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I explained that I said to him, you know, Hey, if, if you would like me to consult from time to time, what Americans call 1099ing, um, you know, I'm, I'm open to that for, for very, very small durations. You know, if you wanted me to do like one day a week for a little while and pay me to come in and continue to do a little bit of work one day a week, I'm open to that. Um, that conversation doesn't sound like it landed like it landed fine with him but it sounds like um it's th there's no particular interest in that on the on the work side of things which is I fine it's a good thing uh, it's probably a good thing it yeah it's a good thing <laughs> yeah well so fast forward a bit and i ended up meeting with my boss's boss's boss so um this is one two three people above me who i'm i'm as close with as one can be given the you know staggering difference in in title and I said the same thing to him, you know, Hey, if you want me to 1099 a bit, I'm open to that. And he said, no, 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 no. Let's just make a clean break. Let's just, let's be done in July. Was that meeting on the same day with the, with big boss? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well, he basically called, uh, slacked me and said, Hey, let's, let's go talk for a few minutes. And what do you think the, the purpose of that meeting was in his mind or her mind? His, and I think it was just to kind of hear it with his own ears and kind of talk it over. He also uh, spent, he's a British fellow, actually. Uh, I don't recall where specifically he grew up, but he is English. Um, and he, he, I think part of the reason was he wanted to tell me that he knew this was coming, which he absolutely did. Because uh, right after I had come back from paternity leave, we went on a walk, the two of us outdoors. And he said to me, I forget how he phrased it, but he said to me something like, you know, you've spent all this time away and you figured out you could make that work. I'm a little surprised I'm talking to you right now or something like that. It And not in a jerky way. Like he wasn't being a jerk about it at all, but mm. I, I, it was clear to him. I mean, the man's very bright. He's a PhD. He knows what he's doing. And it was clear to him that this was inevitable. It was just timing. And so I think part of the reason yeah. that, that, that he wanted to talk to me was just in a friendly way to say, haha, I knew it, but also, you know, to hear it from my own two, to or for, hear from my own mouth into his own two ears and kind of see, you know, what I thought about it rather than going through the grapevine. Um, but to go back to, you know, the meeting with my immediate boss, it went as well as can be expected. I mean, I acknowledge the fact that it's a tough situation that he's in because, you know, I'm a young iOS developer, but I'm not a young developer. But the other iOS developers at, that I work with right now are, are very good. It's not that they're bad, but they're very, very young. And so now there's no real leadership for the iOS developers. Right. There are plenty of good and good leaders on the Android side, but there are no real leaders on the iOS side. And, you know, it's not to say they can't hire for that. It's not like this is a forever thing, but it's, it's a bit of an issue that they're going to have to figure out sooner rather than later. Um, and so I'm, I've dealt my boss who's, who, who is in charge of both iOS and Android I've dealt him a pretty crappy hand. And I said that to him, you know, I've kind of sure served you a, you know, poopy sandwich. And I'm sorry for that. I really and truly am. But this is what I have to do. And he said to me, you know, I, I, I totally understand you, you. You can feel bad, says my boss. You can feel bad about the, what, what you, the impact you've had, but also be excited for what you're about to do. And mm -hmm. I think he totally understood. And, and again, like all three of my managers that I speak with, even remotely regularly, I am 
varying degrees of closeness, but friendly with all of them. So the conversation, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to the one in the middle yet, but the conversation with the immediate one and the, and the previously mentioned VP, which is the British guy, they both went as well as one could reasonably hope. And, you know, I'm kind of, at least briefly, I'm kind of screwing over my company. And I don't say that with pride. I'm not happy about that. They'll recover. They'll be fine. That's what businesses do. But it's going to be cruddy for the next couple of months until they figure out, you know, who they're going to bring in to replace me or what they're going to do instead of me, you know, something along those lines. And so that's a little bit tough for them. But here again, part of the reason I wanted to give a whole month was to show like, I'm not walking out of here, middle fingers up saying, I never want to see you guys again. Like I'm, I'm trying to walk out of here in a friendly way, doing as best I can to do what's right for every party involved. I mean, that is just a respectful thing to do, you know? Yeah. In general. Like not even so much just because you want to make sure that you know you you you're not burning bridges, but just because everyone's trying to do their best, you know, and it's maybe a little bit more helpful to everyone and a little more respectful to everyone, and you know you you're not being a jerk by just walking out of there, you know. Yep. And kind of giving people your uh, the best that you can do for them, I think. Right. And I think that's appreciated. And I think it makes it clear that, you know, th this isn't a screw you guys, I'm going home sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a I'm trying to do right by everyone sort of thing. And I think that that's really appreciated. It's also nice because there have been without going into the nitty gritty details, there's been a lot of turmoil at my job recently. Um, there were big layoffs about a month ago. Um, and then there's been a, f a handful of departures of of different engineers, some of which are, you know, kind of key engineers. And so I think for the bosses and for the leadership, I think I'm a really nice exception in the sense that I'm not leaving to go to, you know, some other place in town. I'm leaving to do my own thing. And that's an easier thing to sell and spin for the nervous engineers that remain like, oh, God, there's another one leaving. Not that I'm particularly important in any way. It's just, oh, God, there's another one. Are, are the rats all leaving the ship? And it, no, they're not. It's you just he's that, trying to follow his dream. much of a difference? It does. I think it does right now where we are because... Uh, it, there have been a lot of departures to the other couple of big uh, engineering firms here in town. And and I think that everyone's a little on edge about it because at some point, if enough people leave, there is no engineering department anymore because we won't have enough people to get things done. And and so if it's that many people leaving to go somewhere else, that's an implicit statement that this current place is not good enough anymore. Whereas if it's me just going to be independent, it's 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 a statement that I want to change my lifestyle. Right. OK. I guess so. I understand that. But I don't know if your coworkers are like concerned that there might be somewhere better as much as it's just like every person that leaves just causes more problems for us. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes it's just the body going makes everything harder, especially if you sure. were seen as an experienced member of the team that people could get help from. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but like I just trying to, you know, uh, put a little bit of perspective on it. I, I, I don't, think that a lot of the things that people care about when somebody leaves change just because you're going to work on your own if anything i think it makes some people feel worse because doesn't everyone want to do what you're doing really <laughs> oh like, that's fair yeah, yeah when you leave do you actually want to go and work for another job 
No, typically you want to do whatever it is you want to do and that's what you're doing. I know I felt that a lot when I was leaving my job. Like I could feel people were were a little bit frustrated at me in places, you know, because everyone would kind of be like, oh, I should start my own business, you know. Like I think I mentioned this at the time. I used to find that so frustrating. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, I should start a business. Like what are you going to do? Like it's not – you don't just start businesses. Like what do you actually want to do with your life like if if you want to be on your – like independent or self-employed, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I I understand why you feel that way. But like there's also an element of just like don't even fret about it, like whatever – like, I mean, I'm not trying to be an idiot, but, like, what are you going to do? Like, these people, like, they feel this way now, but I know, at least for me, you kind of forget about people after a week. Totally. Totally. Right, they're just And gone. I know that'll happen, too. Yeah. I, I know that'll happen to me as well. And I hope that since I'm going to be local and I'm going to have more availability in theory, I hope that from time to time I'll be able to meet, the, you know, meet the, the team for lunch or something like that. You think you would do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, again, they're good people and I have, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed working with them. I mean, from time to time, they're frustrating. From time to time, I'm frustrating. But all in all, it's a good team that I will, I will miss. It's not that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as much. I guess the whole point of this entire conversation and everything I've been saying lately at work is that I, I want to set the appearance, and I, and I believe it to be true, that it's less about me actively running away from my current employer and more that I'm actively running toward a better future for my family. Sure. Sure. All right. I understand. I think you're in a slightly different place to where I was. Yeah. I And that's the thing. I, I would say maybe six months ago, which I actually said this to my boss, like six months ago, I was pretty grumpy at work. I hadn't done any of the legwork to figure out if I could go independent at this point, but... I was in this, you know, Aaron was very pregnant at this point. So that was the least of the last thing I wanted to think about, but I was pretty grumpy at work. And I think six months ago, these conversations would be different. I would have, I would have given two weeks. I would have said, don't ever call me again, but things have settled down quite a bit and gotten a lot better. So now it's, it's bittersweet, which is what I would hope, you know, that's, that's the way you want it to be. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Um, and thank our second sponsor for this episode, which is Linode. Whether you're getting started for your first virtual server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They have plans starting at just $5 a month for their powerful hosting options, and you can be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. They have the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support underlying everything. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability, and they offer additional storage. They have block storage, which is out of beta and available in Fremont and Newark, and they're expanding this out um, to all their data centers by June, so that's coming up super quick, right? So like now, they they should have more and more availability for their block storage functionality as well. Linode is amazing for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, so much more. The list goes on and on and on. It's just the limits are your own imagination. Um, Linode has amazing pricing options available. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting at 16 gb 
gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog, you'll be supporting the show and getting $20 towards any Linode plan. They have a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. And that $20 credit could get you four months free on their one gigabyte of RAM plan. So you get four months to try out on your own for nothing because you get $20, which is kind of amazing. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code analog2018 at checkout. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and Relay FM. I would like to amend a prior statement, if I could, please, Your Honor. No. There were, please, there no. were, uh, why? All right, go on then. All right, thanks. Uh, there were a couple other shoelace moments that were not the critical shoelace moment, but also were frustrating, which just occurred to me, and I, and I should also point out, number one, I had to change my password again which we have to do like every month or two months Mm -hmm. or something like that. Despite there being many studies that that really doesn't matter to anyone for anything, I had to change my password again. And when I changed my password, this was just like a week or two ago, it occurred to me, this is going to be the last time I'm going to do this. I don't don't, want to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm over it, Uh, which was nice. And additionally, we got uh, virus scanning software put on our Macs. That's right. I said virus scanning software put on our Macs. This software causes our Macs to slow to a crawl and generally be frustrating to work with. And it occurred to me, I don't want to put up with this. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. It's stupid. Don't want it. I don't want, I I, I want to be done. And so now I'm done. So how was it taken by your coworkers? Do people know? I'm assuming people know. (laughs) No, no, they don't. Really? So, yeah. So something that's very frustrating. Wait, wait, wait. They must know by the time this is going out, right? Well, <laughs> funny you say that. I think so, yes. Uh, what I told my boss, my immediate boss, was, look, I'm announcing this publicly Friday, midday. And as, as Mike and I sit here, that is our intention. It is currently midday Thursday. We intend to release this episode midday Friday. And I told him, this is going to be public midday Friday. So I would prefer to tell the team before then. And as we sit here, it's midday Thursday, and I haven't been given the go-ahead to do that. My particular employer is very squirrely about when departing individuals tell the team that they're leaving. Some of this, I think, is fair. So as an example, generally speaking, they're going to want, the, you know, my work would want the time to, to figure out, okay, can we throw more money at the problem? Can we, not that we would do this, but can we give him a few more days off? Can we figure something else out to keep him here? I made it pretty clear that there's not really anything that work can do to keep me there. I and mean, I did that in a nice way, but you know, any of the normal levers that they would normally pull, most especially money, quite obviously that's not going to help. So I think they want a day or two to figure that out. And they also want a day or two, you know, for a su- succession, succession, whatever, you know, the word I'm looking for plan. Succession, uh, yeah. Thank you. But they've always been super squirrely about it. And oftentimes I won't have heard that, people are leaving until like a day or two before they're out the door, which to me is just silly anyway, because it's my news to share, you know, <laughs> like this is up to me. Yeah. So, so my intention is either this afternoon or more likely tomorrow morning, I'm going to gather everyone and say, look, this is the deal. This is what's happening, etc." And if for some reason I am not allowed to do this, then I guess I hope they don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> so we shall see. 
I think that's the only way I was kind of a jerk about things because everything else, I really truly feel like I've gone out of my way to be as kind in this process as I possibly can. But with regard to telling people, I've basically said, this is the deal, get on board or deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I understand that because what there has to be an element of like you having some control in this process, especially yeah. when the impact of it is way different for you. Like it is more important because you have like people that you want to tell like publicly. I think it makes yeah. things slightly different, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, man, that's it's so funny. You're just like, well, let's <laughs> hope they don't read it because it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing. It's going to happen. And I know some of my coworkers, and I've told like a couple of very, very, very close friends, um, you know, that, that, that this is happening, but the team at large does not know. And right. so I, I need to obviously message that to the entire team. How do you so think people will take it? Um, I think to my face, they're going to be sad and, but also excited. I am nervous for, on behalf of the company for how, how they'll take it, not in terms of Casey leaving, but in terms of the, the head of the iOS team leaving. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just from a, purely personnel perspective this is it's kind of a problem and and i'm not trying to say that i'm uniquely important or uniquely special yeah, they could are. absolutely hire somebody else to be me that's not the issue it's just that this role is important and it's going to be vacant for a while yeah that's the problem right because i guess it's harder to replace your role maybe or they might like rush to replace it and it might not be a good thing like the, right. they are in a bit of a sticky situation, which I can see why they would maybe want to try and hold it the 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 like it back a little bit. But to the end of the week in which you've done it, feels like more than enough time in my uh, in my opinion. I mean, I like to think so too, but we'll see. I mean, what's the worst they're going to do? Fire me? <laughs> hey, oh, I mean, I mean that is true. Point. Like you've told them. I mean, that's up, it's on them now, really. Like if if he yeah. want if they want to hold on to it, then fine, let them hold on to it. But you ain't, yeah. How 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 are you feeling about your last day? Do you have any like thoughts in mind about anything you want to do or how you want it to go? Have you imagined like the song you're gonna play when you leave? Like, are you, have you thought about any of that? Are you Not gonna flip really. a desk over? Are you gonna no. like write a list of all the people that have wronged you and like you know settle all family business on that day? Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> No, uh, I, I generally speaking, when I've left a job, it's been pretty mellow and I intend for this to be the same. You know, I'll probably send an email to the people that I have enjoyed at work um, or maybe two emails, one to engineering as a whole and one to like the people I particularly like. Um, but one way or another, I'll send an email to some of them and saying, you know, here's my personal email address. Here's my phone number. If you ever want to you know, give me a call, please feel free. Um, I haven't thought about what I'll listen to on the way out. I would hope that, you know, my last day I get to just kind of hang out, hopefully go to lunch with everyone, um, maybe have a drink or two at lunch. You know, we'll see if Aaron maybe drops me off at work that day. But uh, but you hope the hope to just be able to enjoy everyone, because, I mean, as with everything, your work friends almost always are work friends. It doesn't mean you're not close to them. It's hard to transition that mm -hmm. because, you know, I was thinking about it's like I had there was one person who I used to work with. And we were really, really close. Like, we were very, very close. I considered her, like, at the time, one of my very best friends. And after I left, we saw each other a bunch of times 
But then we kind of just stopped because we realized we never need to talk about it anymore. Because yeah, yeah. what we spoke we spoke about our lives a bunch, but a lot of it was framed around work. That was the majority of the stuff that we spoke about. And mm-hmm. when that went away, we lost a huge common ground. I totally hear you. And that's happened to me with a lot of people I've been very close with at, at past jobs. Like if I, and I, oftentimes I will try to catch up with them for lunch from time to time because that's the correct amount of hanging out in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You see each other, you know, maybe once every month or two for lunch in order to, you know, or, or a drink or something like that in order to catch up because you don't, it's not that you don't want to ever see them again, but it's exactly what you said, Mike. It's that you don't really have common ground anymore. And so it's hard to find things to talk about for hours and hours and hours and hours when you're not having that shared experience that you used yep. to have. And like I never have attended any of the functions that I've been invited to as part like from people in my old team, either other leaving dues or Christmas parties or whatever, for two reasons. One, I can't trust myself in those situations to not come off like an idiot. Right? Like, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so great. It was the best decision I ever made. That kind of stuff, right? Um, like, uh, not even, not meaning to, but just like speaking about like, because I, I feel like happy in those moments. I feel proud of what I did. It reminds me of all of that. And I don't think people want to hear that stuff. Sure. Really. And the other thing is, I remember like when I was working there and um, you'd have like a Christmas party and some like, some individual would show up right who used to work with the team before you got there or whatever and it's like who is this loser it was typically my feeling of just like who are you why are you here like no one knows you except this one person like why have you come to this thing like and they were always seen as like these like weird outsiders right like that was kind of how everyone in the team kind of saw this old Dude who showed up, right? It was like, oh, this is crazy Charlie. Like, Charlie was wild. Like, the times we had. Did you remember Thursday night drinking carnage? Like, it was just this thing of like, why are you here? Like, I don't understand. So I know I won't be that person either. I'm probably being too yeah. harsh. If you do that, like, more power to you. But just in my in my situation, like, in my team, these people were always kind of seen as, as weirdos. It, it didn't help by the fact that, like, there was only, like, two or three people that were there before, and then there were ten new people. So if somebody <laughs> showed up, they were most known by two people in a group of, like, th- 12 or 13. Right, right, right. Yeah, and we, like, just a couple of weeks ago... Uh, a personal friend of mine who used to work with us but has since left, he and uh, and a mutual friend of ours that I currently work with, he he had so the 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 friend that departed he had asked the two myself and the guy that that are currently working together if we wanted to go get lunch and as it turned out I was going with the entire team to go to lunch anyway and so I said hey why don't you just come by and we all ate lunch together and. You know, there's one new person on the team since this guy had left, my friend had left, but it was mostly fine. I agree, though, in principle with what you were saying, and it's a very fine line. I think a lunch is very different to a Christmas party. Also true. Oh, yeah, I would never go to a Christmas party. No yeah. way. No way. But, like, this is the type of thing that we'd see. Like, you'd be, like, halfway through the night, and this, like, rando in a reindeer jumper would show up. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's no good. 
So, um, so yeah, I, I hope to see these folks from time to time. I expect that I'll get questions from time to time and, you know, within reason, it's fine. It's not a big deal. You know, if it becomes regular, I'm going to, I'm going to send them an invoice, but if it's, you know, just a thing here or a thing there, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not too upset by that. As a matter of fact, I told my boss, you know, just take me out to uh, lunch sometime, bring a laptop and I'll ask, I'll answer a couple of questions while we're sitting there eating, you know, <laughs> or whatever the case may be, you know, cause again, I'm trying to do this in as nice a way as possible, but what ended up happening when I met with the with the vice president, the British guy, is like I said earlier, he said, you know what, let's just make a clean break. It'll be better for everyone, and and we'll take it from there. You've also so. got to assume that like they're going to be able to get by without you. Yeah, they were fine for three months or whatever it was that I was gone. There were like two days. Oh, where yeah, I... exactly. Exactly. But the difference, though, is that then there was an end in sight. Now there is no end in sight. No, but no, the end now is hiring someone. You know, sure. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I'm talking specifically about me. You're you're 150 percent correct. I just mean with with regard to me, there is no end in sight. But there there certainly is with regard to new Casey, and I think that's. But but <laughs> nevertheless, but nevertheless, it's tough too. You because, refer to this person as new Casey. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, come on, work with me here. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll cut all this out. They're gonna put a statue of you in the hallway. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, as part of what we do at, the, at this company is we take a picture um, and have like a, a like a wall where there's everyone's picture for everyone mm-hmm. in the company. And you bring in like a prop or maybe like a kid if you want. Um, so I took I brought in my boom and my microphone and my headphones and took a picture at work with, you know, my podcasting setup because that was like something that's unique and interesting about me. Mm-hmm. Well, what we've done is there's been a fair bit of turnover on the mobile team. And so we've taken all of these pictures and put them on the wall behind our desks. It's like a, like as a graveyard of all of mobile developers gone by. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> of mobile developers gone by. So, um, so my picture will be there. You're going to be, be immortalized. I mean, You're going to be immortalized. Mm-hmm. They're going to put like candles around it and stuff. There'll be a lock of your hair stapled to the wall. Something like that. Anyway, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I mean, I don't know if you have any other questions about it. But that, that's kind of the long and short of it at this point. Um, I think now what I'm more interested in is what you imagine for yourself post this occurring. So mm-hmm. uh, let me take our last break and thank our friends over at Pingdom for their support of this show. Pingdom is the company who offer uptime monitoring and web performance management. If your website was down right now, if visitors couldn't access your content or click that all-important buy now button, how would you even know about it? You wouldn't know until it was too late. Either people leave your website or someone's going to contact you and say, hey, your website's down. This is why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind that you need. So you don't have to be like checking all the time that your website's up or down. I don't know if anybody does that. But like if you do do that, don't do that. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be good, right? If you're going to have Pingdom there, they're going to take care of you. You don't even ever need to think about it. You never need to think like, huh, I wonder if my website's up uh, right now. You don't need to do that because Pingdom take care of it for you. They have 70 global test servers that emulate the emulate visits to your site as often as every minute and check its availability. They monitor the performance of your server, database, or website, whatever it is that you need to give them. You just give them the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to save a huge 30% of your first invoice. That is pingdom.com slash RelayFM and the code analog at checkout. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. That's this one. That's this FM. 
the relay one. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as we're recording this, it is, and it is like a couple of days before WWDC. We're releasing it just before WWDC. Uh, again, like surprisingly, ha, huh, surprise. So I'm expecting that there are a lot of people listening uh, to this show, maybe on their way to San Jose. Um, are you planning any kind of celebration? Well, not concretely, no. Um, I think it'll be interesting because we just released an ATP episode as we were recording this very episode, and I did not talk about this on ATP. So The agreement has been saved! (laughs) Hooray! Hooray! Analog gets a a win. (laughs) Finally. Uh, (laughs) That was in no small part because I felt like this is a really lovely story arc that to some degree we are completing or or closing the chapter on. Show's over. When we started this program, both of us had jobby jobs. And in a month... And then we both quit them. Right, like it's it, there's something kind of nice about that. Yeah, I, I I think we're actually doing better than free agents. Am I right? Because we are actually documenting the journey into being free agents. <laughs> so uh, come at me, David and 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 Jason. Here I am. Uh, but no, anyway, um, the the ATP episode just went out, and so Monday when we record the live ATP. I'm going to say something about it, and I haven't figured out the funniest or most clever way to do you it. Do, you got to do a victory lap. Yeah, right. I'll just get up and run around the uh, yeah. the auditorium. Why Take not? all the audio equipment with you, destroy yeah. everything, <laughs> show's ruined. I'll, I'll demand Marco give me a wireless mic. That's what that... ends ATP. You end ATP <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, then I'm really screwed. But uh, but no, no celebration. Obviously, we're doing a lot of this, the normal stuff that I do. You know, I'm seeing a lot of the normal friends like you. Um, we're trying to do some stuff that's public, like ATP, like the Relay uh, Shindig, which mm-hmm. is Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Is mm-hmm. that right? That is correct. Um, but we're also doing some private things just for us, which I'm really looking forward to. So uh, but no, WWDC. You. If you see yeah. Casey in the street anywhere doesn't matter where you see him you should congratulate him that's what i think people should do they should say casey congratulations you finally finally saw the light and you did that you did the good thing yeah well you don't have to but i wouldn't i wouldn't be sad that's what you you say you say casey you did the good thing that's what you got to do just tell him that if you see him because you're going to be in the conference too right so you see him walking around the halls give him a high five say you did the good thing yeah well hopefully we we will see. We'll see if anyone uh, even hears this by in time. But we're going to try. People listen on planes. You are looking for stuff to yeah. listen to? I like to get Actually, shows out for people before they get on planes. Yeah. To that end, uh, John was saying to me when I told him privately last night because John and Marco do know, and they knew I was thinking about it, but I didn't tell them until after we recorded, after the recording was done. Um, and so he said to me last night, "Oh, that's good. I'll have analog to listen to on the plane to uh, to San Jose." <laughs> so he was very enthusiastic. You about see, that. people want shows on the on the plane. You got to got to have something to listen to. All right. So, what are your efforts going to go into? Like, what are you going to do with your time, with your life? Because when I quit my job, I had a whole business to run. Right? Like, I had established mm-hmm. a whole business. It was a growing business. And I could focus on running that business, you know, and I was already recording like five shows a week at that point anyway. Right. So like, and then trying to grow this business. Um, And that's the same. Most people that I know that uh, have left their jobs more recent times, like since I've known them have made that transition, they have businesses that they're running as it stands right now. Like you don't have a, a business, like you have, 
two money-making side projects and then some stuff that you do mostly for fun right now, like hobby-ish type stuff with the hope that it might become a thing later on, right? And you get to focus on that. But what are you going to do with your time? Well, it's a good question. I think a few things... Yeah, I'm I'm just going to sit here and eat bonbons and get fat. <laughs> Everyone, um, everyone's going to be so jealous of you now. Yeah, who knew? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a whole new world. But uh, no, I, I think, so Aaron and I, I, I keep coming back to the word negotiated, which sounds way more negative than I intended. But Aaron and I discussed, uh, you know, what, what is what is an average week going to look like, you know, come mid-July or late mm-hmm. July or whatever, once things kind of start to settle down. And what we had concluded was, I I don't want to just sit there and, you know, wait for that sweet, sweet podcasting money to come in. Uh, I want to actually actively try to, you know, diversify, to earn more money, to hopefully replace some of this salary that I'm choosing to to lose. And so what we concluded is roundabouts of, you know, 15, maybe 20 hours a week. I will be in the in home office working on things, be that an app that I've been working on that it, that I'm hopeful to be able to release sometime in the next you know few months, be that Casey on cars, be that my website, be that any number of other things. Um, I, I, I will have roughly half time to to do those sorts of things and to mm-hmm. pull on those threads that I've wanted to pull so badly for so long, but haven't had the time to. So I'm going to be working on that a lot, but more important than that, I'm going to be spending more time with the family, you know? And so the other 20 to 30 hours a week that I was previously at the office, I'm going to be able to spend with my family, which is going to be amazing. You know, if we want to go on a trip in the middle of the week, we can do that. If we want to just go grocery shopping together in the middle of the week when it's empty, we can do that. Like one of the most striking things of my brief retirement early in the year was how amazing it is to run errands and do that sort of administrivia on a weekday when nobody is around. It's magical. It's part and so of the I'm beauty of being able to run your own schedule. Yeah. You know? So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to be able being able to do something like um, I think we discussed on the show, but right before Michaela was born, well, a few months before Michaela was born, we wanted to take a family trip, just the three of us. And we ended up going to Baltimore, which is about three hours away by car. And Declan, lo- I mean, all of us love that trip, but Declan in particular loved that trip. And, and it wasn't that far away. It wasn't that expensive. And doing something like that for what I would say is a long weekend, but could just be like a Tuesday, an arbitrary Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we could do that now. Obviously, there's different constraints financially because we can't just go doing all these things all the time. We'll we'll run out of money. But in principle, this allows me to do those sorts of things in the future, which is really, really great. And just being able to spend time with the family, I'm so, I'm so excited for, um, and, and. I think that's the biggest thing is being with the family, both for, you know, day to day stuff and for, you know, new and interesting and exciting things. And then secondary to that is spending time to work on building out my I mean, I do have a company that receives all of this, a single person company that receives all this money. And I want to build that company out. I want to release that iOS app. I want to potentially um, write some write an ebook and maybe even do some videos about RX Swift, which is something that I think I'm uniquely um capable to do. Sure. I, I might even, I, I've been contemplating 
trying to come up with like a curriculum. So if if you're listening to this and your company is interested in RX Swift and you know, want somebody to come to your office and teach you how to use and write RX Swift. Maybe I come out for a day or two or four or five, you know, and I do that a few times a year and I go to a company and teach them how to use RX because again, that's something that I'm kind of uniquely uh, positioned to be able to do. So we'll see, but more than anything else, I'm just looking forward to being at home with the family more and being able to experience those things that previously only Erin could because she was the only one here. I think that you're taking the right approach. Um, I I was concerned, right, that you were just going to be like, here are my 20 new things, which you don't need to do. Like, you can take some time to see what opportunities might come your way because things do. I mean, this I noticed this, right? Like, when you actually do this thing, some opportunities come your way. People become interested in you in, in, new and intre- in, like, in new and different ways, right? Like... Like, oh, that guy has got it going on. You know, like he's got it together. And then and, and you might start getting some opportunities to do some new stuff that you hadn't thought of before. But more than anything, right. just because you have a stable revenue generating thing right now, like there is no rush on you to do anything. Like I, I think that you are in a really great position because you can start to establish some of your routine without the abject horror of where the check's going to come from. Because you have multiple years of experience of knowing when and how the checks come. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, that's going to be really healthy for you because it is really tricky to establish, like, routines and, like, your working environment. Like, I don't know if you thought about that, but you're going to need an office environment that is going to be protected. You're going to need to, like... You and Aaron are going to have to work on like vocabulary and boundaries and, you know, like of when you're going to be helpful and when she can be helpful and like when you need to work or when she needs to work and like how you do that kind of trade off. Right. Like that's all really important. Um, That's stuff that I struggled with. It's stuff that everyone I know can like it is a continual struggle with that kind of thing. Like being at home doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Right. And and that's a thing that a lot, a lot of people struggle with. Um, and so that's stuff, all these things are things you're going to have to work out and being able to do those kind of free of a like desperation, I think is going to be a good thing for, for everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that Aaron and I can reach that equilibrium quickly. You You know, something that, uh, underscore had said numerous times, both privately and publicly is that it took him and his wife a while to get to that equilibrium. And one of the things that I've always remembered since the first time I heard this years ago was that oftentimes when he would come out of his basement where his office was, you know, his wife would say, are you working right now? And he would either say yes, meaning, you know, if you, it, meaning, you know, hey, if, if you need something important, I can help you. But otherwise, I really need to be brief and then go back down to the basement. Or he'll say, no, I'm not working right now. Well, you know, what do you need? And and at that point, he can put put his work aside and and, and help out around the house or whatever. And I, and I don't know if that's the exact vernacular we're going to use or vocabulary we're going to use, but I think something along those lines will be very important. And what I've said to Aaron is, you know, since we're both very, very type A, I think what I'd like to do is set up kind of a rough idea of a schedule. So as an example, once uh, preschool starts up for Declan again, 
the times that he's at preschool when there's only Michaela here, by and large, at least while she's kind of just a lump and just a baby, uh, by and large, I'll probably be working during that time because it's it's easier for Aaron because it's just Michaela. Michaela doesn't really know the difference one way or the other, and Declan's at school. And so on those, you know, it happens to be that his preschool is in the mornings. On those, you know, two or three mornings each week that he's at school, that will be some of the time that I'll be working. And then, you know, maybe an afternoon here or there or something like that. And I'd like to, and and she feels the same way, you know, I think we'd like to set up just a rough idea of a schedule, not to say it's set in stone, not to say it can't Mm -hmm. be changed Mm -hmm. or manipulated, but just to kind of make sure we're of the same mind and having similar expectations for how this time is going to go. But I'm looking forward to it. And I think one thing that Erin has said to me more than once in both directly and indirectly is that she's really excited for me to have the time to do these sorts of things because... I don't know if Casey on Cars will ever make any money. It may not. But it's a creative outlet I'm really interested really interested in. And the only way it will ever really make money is if I have the time and the ability and the bandwidth to try to, to give it my all. Because I gave those two videos my all, but I did it very, very quickly and very briefly in between all the 800 other things I was trying to accomplish. To be able to concentrate more directly on those things, I think, could make a very distinct and tangible difference. And I'm really looking forward to it. Additionally, I have, um, I have the potential that I'm going to have a couple of cars coming my way that I might be able to review. Nice. So that would also make it really great and, and give me, give me some new material as well. Yeah. It's going to be a good creative outlet for you, I think, especially without the uh, pressure of time, um, forcing you to put these things out quickly or whatever, you know, because you don't have the time to work on them. Or the pressure of like, how much time can I really spend on something like this? Because now you right. can see this project is like, this is your future building project. Like this, this could become a thing that is more important to you down the line, but you're only going to get to do that if you have the time to spend on it. And now you'll get to really give this, these types of projects a fair shake where previously mm-hmm. to this, you kind of didn't really have the opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and like I said, I think Aaron's really excited for me to have the bandwidth to try to explore these sorts of things and see if mm-hmm. anything really comes of it. Well, I'm very proud of you. I love you so much. I cannot tell you how happy I am um, for you, for you both, because I found out via various sneaky means of how important this was um, to your entire family, not just you, and like how much Aaron <laughs> wanted this. So yeah. I'm really happy for the both of you that, that you get to, to have something that is important to you. But I'm just proud of you. I'm proud that you've got yourself into this situation. Um, and I'm proud that you have taken the opportunity uh, that is open to you. So, yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And, and it, it was... Thanks most especially to Aaron, but also to you, to Marco. And uh, you know, I haven't said it as much, but Underscore is also, he's been quieter about his influence on all these things, but I have spent many, many, many hours talking to Underscore as well. And I think I gave him short shrift earlier. Um, I've spent a lot of time with Underscore as well talking about these things. And he has also made a, a tremendous impact. I just don't think he's of very him because wise. he's less, less agree. Yeah, he's very wise and he's less... Uh, uh, not obnoxious. That's not the word I'm looking for, but forceful, aggressive, maybe about his, uh, his needling of no, me. You see, and, I don't believe that. I think he is like silently aggressive, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe like that's he's not in your face about it, but like, he's like 
getting in your brain and like planting something in there you know it's like some kind of like reverse psychology type yeah. dealio, <laughs> where like you go to him when we're annoying you and he, he just like says a few things and really he's just like enforcing it all that's what i think's going on maybe but more than anything else potentially I, well maybe not more than aaron but more than you chuckleheads is this would not be possible without the the very ears that are listening to me right now and I have a blog post that will be coming out at hopefully roughly the same moment that this episode is. But one of the things I discussed in that post, which I'd like to say verbally now, is that were it not for the attention and the ears and the time and to some degree the money spent with sponsors, but still the money of all the people that listen to any of the programs I've ever been a part of, if it were, if it were not for all of you listeners, this would not be possible. So the fact that I am, be, I am able to be there for my children during what is arguably one of their most critical times in their lives that I owe unending and immeasurable thanks to you, the person listening to these words right now, for enabling that, in, even even if it only lasts for a month. It, it is because of you, whether or not you've bought a sponsorship, whether or not you're a Relay member, you, whether or not you've ever bought anything because of a sponsorship. It's still because of your attention and your time and you downloading the show and listening to it that this is possible. So I will forever be indebted to anyone who has ever listened to any of my programs uh, for, for making this possible for my entire family. So thank you. And also, please get a really membership, preferably for Analog. Yeah, if you if you are listening to this and you think to yourself, I want to support Casey in this endeavor, that is a way to do it. If you go to relay.fm slash analog, which is where you find the show notes for this week, you can see there's a button that says support this show. You can choose a membership level and you can sign up and that money will go directly to me and Casey. So, you know, that that is a, if you feel that way, like if you feel strongly right now and want to help him, you can do that. That is a way you can do it. But probably... Even more importantly, listen to the show, enjoy the show, share the show, support the sponsors. That's like the, the better route, really, maybe, potentially. And if you do have cold, hard cash that you want to give to him, that's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So just like Mike said, whatever. whatever I mean, I, this is not a charity case. I'm fine. I'm not saying that, that things are not fine. But if you were kind enough to want to throw a dollar or two our way, you know, we're not going to say no. We're okay with that. There's a good slogan I want to quote here, but uh, it's it's uncouth and it's it's not ours. But you know you know what I'm thinking of, listeners. You yeah, know what I'm thinking. We of. would like it if you would give us the money.com or something like yeah. that. Something <laughs> to that effect. Uh, but thank you, Michael, uh, as well to you for uh, for for helping guide me on this journey, and 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 I really mean that. Again, it was most especially. Uh, you and Marco and underscore and Aaron in no particular order that that made this all possible and and or not made it possible, but but guided me, you know, to this eventual. No, end. No, we made and, it possible. That's how. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. You well, didn't do nothing. It, we did it. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, that's what it was. But, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know if I said this earlier. I think I might have gotten myself sidetracked. But what I what I really what occurred to me was. There will come a time where I am reflecting on my life and looking at the choices I made. And what occurred to me in Texas was there is zero chance that I will look back at working for these, you know, next couple of years working in a traditional sense and say, you know what? I am really glad I worked that time. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I never even explored what it would be like to be independent. Oh boy. Did I make the right decision? Yeah. And, and I, that was a good call. Now there is a chance that I will look back on this decision and say, you know what? Knowing what I knew then, it was the right call. But man, that was a poor choice, as it turns but out. That's, I think that's still a better situation to be but in. But that's uh, that's a better situation to be in, is knowing that I gave it a shot. 
I went out of my comfort zone and I tried to make it work and I tried real hard to make it work. And I don't want to be on my deathbed or just 20, 30 years from now, looking at my, you know, looking at Declan graduating from high school, knowing he's going out into the world now and realizing, my God, I should have been there when he was a little kid. What did I do? And so here I am trying to get ahead of that and make sure that's not, that's not my future. And who knows what my future will bring. But again, I am deeply indebted to you, Mike, to underscore, to Marco, to most especially Aaron, and also all of you listeners for making that possible. Quick programming note before we wrap up today. We're going to be back now um, on June 24th. So we've kind of broken out of our schedule a little bit. Um, but we'll be back now on June 24th. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to like overshoot this, but that's going to be another really important episode. So uh, I'm not getting married before then is all I'm going to say. Uh, but that that could be a pretty important episode. We'll see. Um, but uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. I hope to see some of you in the intervening days in San Jose. Um, and uh, I guess we could say goodbye. So say goodbye, Casey. Bye, everybody.